This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. Fun fact, y'all, just real quick. You know how, I don't know if it's the same way for you, but that video uh, on my screen always comes up looking up real stretched. I went back recently and started looking through. It actually comes up perfectly. So it's like, it's been in my head this whole time, but it actually just looks amazing. So uh, we all good. We are good. Welcome to the Heroic Council. I'm Parshel Tashi and I'm joined with council members, Tim, Jeff, and Sarah. You guys get your first names for now because the last names are not ready in my brain yet. But I know your last names. I do know your last names. Tim, where's all <laughs> your no. goodies, man? Where's Where's all your your things uh i'm having an ecam issue i'll i'll talk to you about that all right cool yeah but see this is perfect for today's conversation which is about how why being perfect isn't perfect so i'm the featured guest i assume (laughs) (laughs) we're all over the place we're trying to say jeff is that you're not nearly as perfect as you think you are I'm yeah, definitely not sure. as perfect as I think I am. No question. But I think I, I, I love this this topic in particular because as entrepreneurs, as business owners, you know, we get into a lot of places in our heads and our minds where if something's not exactly the way that we thought it should go out, right? And the way we planned it, how we respond to it, you know, like there's so many uh Uh, Just so many challenges, I think, that come up with that. So I'm excited to talk about this with you guys in terms of, you know, how you deal with when things are imperfect, how you navigate, how you see yourself in these moments, right? Because it's all a reflection of ourselves. So I'll start off and ask you guys, like, uh, what experiences have you had recently where things just didn't quite go your way and how you maybe navigated or pivoted with that? Um. Yeah, if you want to start, you I mean, I'm I'm always ready to talk. That's kind yeah, of part yeah. of my thing is I'm just always ready to talk. But wh- why well, actually, let me. I, you I, I, well, actually, I'm well, gonna re- re- revise my question though. Yeah. Let's start off with where does this come from? Like, why? Why? Where does the pressure come from for us to be perfect? Oh, actually, let me jump in on that one first, because that's like a very like fresh wound in uh, conversation with my therapist, actually. Um, So what I uncovered after about 45 minutes um, in my most recent session with my therapist about this very question, because I was I I had been having an issue with um, with my speaking engagements where like, I know that I'm better than the average bear up on stage or, or doing a presentation, but I walk away from 90% of my talks and I hate everything that I just did. Like just, I hate it. And I hate it not because I think that it was objectively a bad performance, but I hate it because it doesn't match up with the picture I have of what I'm out to accomplish or like the level that I like should be at, right? And where it comes from for me is a um, almost um, a a paralyzing fear of not making enough impact in life. Um, That's where like the the underlying thing is that I I have a desire for my work to have so much meaning and to to affect so many people whenever I'm doing it that no matter what I do, I inevitably bump up against the inadequacy relative to what my vision is for what I'm out to accomplish. 
So that's where it comes from for me. I, I, uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. Okay. So, uh, I, I think like one, like, uh, uh, like this is probably something that like, I like, which I've said resonates with me, but I know for me, it's like a little bit different because this is something that I've been examining for a long time. Um, cause a lot of times, like, let's say hypothetically, I create something or execute something and I look at it and my initial response is that like, let's say hypothetically my initial response is like, Oh wow, I'm really happy about how this turned out. You know, and um, and then I uh, let's say I start showing showing this thing that I did to other people. Um, my perspective of that thing may start to change based on me thinking about how they're looking at it. So if I show it to this one person and I think, oh, from this person's perspective, they're not going to like this, this and this about it. And from this person's perspective, they're going to like these things about it, but not like this thing about it. So then suddenly I feel like I'm trying to appease everybody when then suddenly like I don't like what I did I'm not as excited about it as when I initially released it because suddenly I'm thinking about all these different people who have all these different things all these different preferences and stuff and how that they're and how they're like projecting those preferences onto this thing and their judgment of it um and a lot of those things probably aren't even real it's just my assumptions of what they're thinking about it too um so I, I think it's like probably one really complicated for everybody because like a lot of people have different like thresholds for what they can, what they, what they're willing to put out there. Um, and, and on the flip side, we just all have like little nuances and, and what triggers us and what doesn't and stuff like that. Yeah. I would say mine came from really childhood. Like I think my my parents were very in a good way. They made us know that people knew who we were and that, that people were paying attention to it. So my dad was in a leadership role at our school and at our church, and he was up in the summertime the manager of a tennis club. And my sister and I got to hang out at that tennis club without being members because my dad was the manager there. But I think my parents always put in our heads, like, if you misbehave, they're not going to let you do that, right? Or you're not going to get some of these privileges that you are blessed to get, even though we're not members of this place, because, you know, your parents are in a leadership role. And because of that, people are watching your actions. And so you better behave or you're going to lose access to this privilege. And for me, I know that that is something that is like still to this day. And then I also was in a lot of performing arts growing up. So I was a musician, I was in shows, and I think being in performance roles, you are constantly being pushed also, I think in a really positive way and often a very healthy way, but I think you're always practicing and performing to be better and better each time. And you know, we can get into the discussion of what does perfect mean, but I think so much of that shaped <laughs> my childhood certainly. And now I, I definitely to this day, I'm still uh, mindful of that. Like people are paying attention and I wanna put out, you know, as perfect as I could be. Can I ask you a follow-up question about that? Yeah. What do you mean when you say people are paying attention? So you... I think, yeah, and that really comes from my parents, like that that we were on display essentially, and that people were looking for a reason to catch us doing something wrong. So they could say, you know, get those kids out of here, or, or you know, they shouldn't be around here. But 
because we were so mindful of that, we were that we were on display and people were paying attention. And then I think certainly being on a stage, like I I I realize this now. I am not afraid to speak. You know, Jeff and I were speaking at a conference this last week. Like I'm not afraid to get on a stage in front of how many people and speak. But that comes from years and years of childhood literally being on display, literally being on a stage in front of dozens, if not hundreds of people. So I think I've, I have been on display in a few different ways throughout my life, really. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, it was like in church and school, it was like, you know, I was always in a position of some sort of leadership or whatever. It's like, all right, partial is going to lead it or partial is the captain of the team or part, like always that. And you're in the public eye a lot. Um, so I can definitely resonate with that. And I think with that ties into Tim, what you're saying about, you know, you really start to consider sometimes too much what other people think. And that's what starts to dominate, I think, uh, pushing us to feel like, oh, this isn't good enough, right? By whose standards? You know, yeah, by actually, someone else's standards, your assumptions of their standards, you know, it's like, it's crazy. It's interesting because it, so the way that you're all talking about that you're uh, each of the points that each of you made was very much about like the external um, assessment. And I, I think that I consider that to a certain extent, but I find that so much more of my uneasiness with either my knowledge, my performance, anywhere, the imposter syndrome for me doesn't come out as much from what I am perceiving about other people's opinions or ideas. They're coming almost entirely from my own beating myself up and assessing myself about the the lack of of following through and being as good as I should be, right? And I and I talked about this in uh, a talk I um, gave recently about anchors and about like what you're anchoring to. So I think the part that for me is external is why I'm beating myself up is because of who I'm comparing myself to. So when I see incredible speakers or I see people that are making so much more money or whatever, that comparison, that external comparison of what they have that I should have or that I should be good enough to have, that's the part that crushes me. But I've always found that the the minute you introduce like, oh, well, this person's going to think this about you. I'm like, well, I don't care what they think. Like, I don't care about what any of you think unless I respect you or I, I welcome your criticism. But me, I'm always inviting my own criticism of myself. Um, so it's interesting. I'm, I'm actually curious for the three of you, where do you see your own internal um, critic coming in, if at all? Like, it, is that like in like I'm looking at almost like a pie chart in my head and it seems like we have flipped ones. Mine is like 70, 30, 80, 20, like beating myself up versus letting other people in. And it it sounds like you're all kind of talking about it from a slightly well so i just want to i i want to clarify like for instance like when i say that like i'm at, like i'm looking at it from other people's potential perspectives like i don't necessarily i have no idea generally if those people actually hold those opinions you know what i mean like so in a way it is internal because i'm just guessing what like i start looking Fair. at it like oh where are all the potential things that somebody could pick at this from you know what i mean depending on different people you know like um and so I don't like a lot of times. Yeah, I, I, I would say it's like almost always internal because I rarely get that kind of feedback. And when I like a lot of times, like, let's say I send a project to a client and the client gives me feedback, like 90% of the time, it's like, oh, that's really good. Can you just change these things? 
And a lot of times, like, I'm like, wait, why would you want to change that? That's stupid. And like, I, I, uh, and, and I have like opinions on that. And I like, so I, I, I and then so on, and on, then on the flip side, I'm like, oh, everybody else's opinion is kind of dumb. So, you know, I, it's yeah. just, it's, it's like just an external, weird, op- it's an internal yeah. opinion that you're processing via an external perspective. So it's like, it's almost actually worse than what I'm talking about because like, I'm just beating myself up from, from my perspective. You're like, yeah. oh, let me beat myself up from my own, but then let me also bring in fictional vantage points of other people yes. potentially yeah, yeah, yeah. that I can yeah. add to, on to, like yeah. fuel yes. onto that fire. Yes. That's, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm so with Tim on this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy I, I, too. Yeah. Like the... Wait, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say the things that we trip up over other, it's not even in another person's awareness. Like when I first started doing more videos and doing exercises with getting comfortable on camera, it was like one of the exercises was to send a video to, you know, to, to a client or to somebody and to get their feedback. And usually the things that I thought that, oh, my hair was crazy or like I wasn't like I, I used um a lot or whatever. It's like all these things in my head that I thought made this horrible. They weren't even looking at. They weren't even seeing it. They didn't even have that lens at all. So I just thought, dang, like that was totally in my head, like totally my own thinking of what they thought about. So the more I started to get on camera and get uncomfortable, I started to ease that a little bit, but it still definitely shows up for me, especially when I get on social media, you know, and you see and you compare yourself to where other people are in their business or what they're doing. It's like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that too. That's when I start to beat myself up too. It's like, so, so. and that kind of creates a dilemma because at least for me anyways, because I'm like, uh, cause like I have, I have a few conflicting goals. You know what I mean? One of my goals would be like to make money. And one of my goals would be to be like, like, happy with the work that I do on a daily basis. And those things, two things can conflict a lot of times. Um, so uh, I, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like this is kind of like off topic, but like, let's say hypothetically, my wife has a opinion about what I'm wearing, right? And, you know, my thought is like, my initial thought would be like, oh, like I, I like this must not look good. You know what I mean? Cause she has this opinion. But like that's one person's opinion, and then because I know this, because I know people who have one opinion about how I look might have another opinion about how I look. Somebody else might have another opinion. So like, what opinions really matter? And I think that kind of comes down to what are your goals and what are you trying to achieve. And that's why I brought up like they can sometimes conflict because like it's cool that a client might be happy with my execution, but are they happy with the execution for the right reasons? You know, and am I being self-conscious about my executions for the right reasons or the wrong reasons or, you know, and then, so there are all these like, does that, I, I don't know. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think yeah. one of my like favorite things I've heard about perfectionism is that yeah. you're, you're, I, I guess it's a, it's my favorite thing and my least favorite thing at the same time, but it's that perfectionism has no definition and there's no goal. There's no like set standard for what yeah. it is. So if we're all chasing perfection, our definition of that is all so unique. And so we're all chasing something different. And to Parshel's point, you know, when I see myself on video, I'm picking apart this or that. 
you're maybe picking apart something totally different, if anything at all. And I think that that's what's so interesting is you can put something out into the world like, oh my gosh, you know, my nose is this, my hair is this, my skin is yeah. this. And then like nobody else noticed that but you, but then they notice something completely different. And and so it's like, we, we're never, we need to stop chasing perfectionism because we're never going to get there because it's not defined. Well, yeah, it's very so, ambiguous. And it I don't want to different to everybody. I don't, Parshall, I don't want to snake the, the hosting duties here, but I, I have to jump in with this question, which is we're all talking about all of the ways in which we don't measure up for perfect. And we're talking about all the ways in which we beat ourselves up about not being perfect. But have all of you had an experience where you were like, that was perfect? You like, no. that's the thing. I, I would assume you all have, right? Like, I know I have. I've had a handful of them that, and they're mostly in cooking. But like, I know, like, I nailed that. That was perfect. There was literally nothing could be improved. It was perfect. And I think it's those experiences <laughs> that make me want to keep chasing it. But uh, opening it up, have you all had experiences where you're like, yeah, nailed it. It was perfect. I mean, definitely the food thing. Good God. I mean, yes. <laughs> like either, either the food comes to you perfect or you made it, you know, just the way that you wanted. And there was nothing you had changed about it. It was like totally, totally perfect. I would say too, I think that at times it's there's a there's a correlation between how I'm feeling about myself that day or something like that. It's like, you know, sometimes you can just have that lens on where everything just sucks. It could have been a perfect meal in front of you, but you didn't see it that way. Yeah. But yeah, I find yeah. that usually if I get if I'm in a good state, then yeah. more things tend to be more acceptable or perfect, yeah. you know? Yeah, That's sometimes really I'm in a point. mood where I there's no way. I'm going to be happy about dinner no matter what happens. Like I'm going to eat it. I'm looks like it's fine. It's yeah, like the narrowing, really, the narrowing yeah. or the expanding of the standard deviations from perfect. It yeah. like changes based upon mood where you're like, no, that was relatively perfect. And then there's other days where you're like, it was off by a centimeter. Like yeah, you just yeah. ruin yourself over it. Yeah. yeah. Cause it, there are times when it's, uh, you know, it may not have been perfect, but, I said it was, you know, like I declared that this was going to be something that was acceptable for me. And it was up to me to, to, to call it that. One of the things that I remember <clears throat> back when I, you know, was more in uh, Christianity and the church and stuff like that was the creation story and how God made the earth and he made the people, then he made all these things. And after he made all of them, he says, and it was good. And then there was the next day and then he created something else. And it was like, and it was good and it was good and it was good. And it just like reminded me, I guess that sort of more higher version of ourselves would see more things as being good because it came from us. We were a part of it. And we decided to call it that as opposed to allowing other people's opinions or assumptions or whatever to dictate what it is. I think that we still ultimately have the ability to say whatever it is, how we, how we choose to see it. Well, also Jeff it's interesting a, choice of words there, good versus perfect. Like it was good, not it was perfect. Yeah, it was like, yeah, hey, yeah. It's good. It's good. Human, pretty good. Not bad. Jeff, I read your, I read your blog today and oh, yeah? it was on giving feedback and, uh, right. Yeah. That was the one I got. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yes. But anyways, that was, that was what yeah. today's was. So it was like about giving feedback. And this is something I've talked about a lot about the years or particularly like, like how I want feedback. And because like, for me, it's very, I, I like to get like requests, like very narrow, um, er, like areas of feedback in, in very narrow ways. So like, I'm not looking for your just like 
word vomit on this thing that I'm showing you. I'm like, what do you think about this here? You know what I mean? And what do you think about this here? Or even more specific, like, oh, do you think this here communicates well? Or do you think this here would communicate better? You know, like, let's say hypothetically, that was my goal for that thing. And I, I personally find like getting that like hyper specific feedback on certain things um, is helpful for me and helpful for like the people who I'm requesting feedback from. Because I think like on the flip side, like getting feedback on this really broad, like on this broad question, like, oh, what do you think about this thing? That's kind of hard because then you're like, well, I don't know. I get, I guess it could be better in all these different ways. And you might not like that feed. Then you may be like, oh, well, I'm happy with all those things. You know what I mean? And, um, and then, and then as far as like judging yourself, it's kind of like the same way. Like a lot of times, like I'll look at something that I'm doing and I'll be happy with the outcome. You know what I mean? Sit with it, enjoy the fact that I'm happy with the outcome and then think like, okay, well, what areas of this could have been better? You know what I mean? And kind of frame it that way for myself. Like I'm content with where this is. Like you said, like I'm content with the meal. It's good. You know what I mean? Now, if we're going to do this again, what area, where, where are the areas that we could approve this thing? And, um, and, and for me, I, I think that's been helping a lot over the years like to kind of like rein in my, like, just like really broad, like everything's bad judgment, like space that I can get into. Yeah. You may bring up a good question uh, that just came to mind, which is around improving, right? We're all, you know, looking to improve. So we're looking to improve, you know, by definition of that is to make it better than what it is. So there's that continual striving. So are there areas that you all are, you know, consider yourself improving in to where it's like, it's kind of on this path to what is, uh, even though you can't define perfection, right? It's still improving is still part of our lives, right? It's still something that has to happen. So um, what are you all improving towards or see yourself improving in? Everything. Like, <laughs> I mean, really, I, I don't. So I try to think about, you know, like what's good enough because I feel like I am constantly on that improvement. I'm never, I'm never good enough. I'm never done. I could always make something better. So I have to actually really instill boundaries with myself of when is something good enough? Like when have I practiced the talk enough? When have I, Parshall and I are finishing up my course this week? Like, when is it good enough? When am I sending it to her for final approval? Like, I just, I think that for me, that's been really, really critical because I would never be done. I would never say to myself, it's good enough. It's perfect. It's ready to go. So I, I, I guess I would say I never, I would never say it's perfect. So I have to be very, very careful that I know when something is good enough and the amount of time I have spent on it is appropriate, not overkill, because that could be one of the biggest ways I waste time is that I'm, I'm spending too much time in trying to get it perfect when good enough is, is like the sweet spot. I'm profoundly uncomfortable with that entire whole idea of enough profoundly uncomfortable the idea of ever reaching enough on anything uh in in like in a conversation if i'm stepping back and i'm having a conversation about it 100 i'm like yeah you should be able to reach that point enough sure it's a conceptual place that i believe in but in practice if i look at any area of my life and sarah as you were talking through this i was kind of like literally emotionally following along with you in in the footsteps of that there, I don't think there's a single thing in my life that I feel that I am like, I'm done getting better at. If I, it's a thing that I'm going to do, like I could get better at brushing my teeth. Like that's the level 
of yeah. thinking that I'm always bringing to things. And there, there are ones that are higher stakes and lower stakes, right? Like I'm not losing sleep over my ability to brush my teeth. I'm pretty good. But I still think to myself, like if you were to say like, oh, are you like, are you as good as you could be at brushing your teeth? I'm like, hell no. I don't even do that full two minute thing, right? So like every part of my life, I'm definitely thinking about there's got to be more. And all I see are flashes, momentary specks of perfection where again, like it, it's usually in food, like I made a perfect grilled cheese, right? Like that's like a moment in time and then it's gone, it's eaten. And then you just have to do it again and again. And I think in every area of my life, I, that's how I feel. There's never, there's never an enough where I'm satisfied. It's, it's always progress. And I think that the ultimate goal, just to, to answer the, uh, since I'm rambling now about the question, but to answer your question, Parshall, I feel like the, when I would know it's enough is if I was unstoppable. Like if I could literally do anything that I set my mind to and nothing could stop me, that might be enough. Well, but I have to assign like physical boundaries to this. Like time is a good example. Actually brushing your teeth is a good example, right? So I have the Quip toothbrush that does like 30, 30, 30, 30. So like I have two minutes, right? So like I got myself a tool that ensured that I brushed my teeth for two minutes, which Looking is the right good enough amount. And I think that that's, that's what's been helpful for me, right? Because I could be like, well, I'm going to brush my teeth for three minutes. It's like, no, two minutes is good enough. And you have that tool there to help you do that. And it's a funny example, but it's actually a really good one. So like, for me, I need to know at 10 o'clock I'm being done. Or if I rehearse the talk three times, that's enough. Like I have to give myself those boundaries of this is how I'm defining good enough for this particular thing in this moment. Two minutes on my teeth is good enough. But do you it actually sound feel? Like, but I don't think that's what Sarah's saying. I, and Sarah, you can correct me if you're wrong. I think what Sarah's saying is like, there's always can be progress to be made. I have, I have 24 hours in the day and I have to fit X amount of things in the day. And so like today, I'm going to work on this thing and I'm going to give myself this much time to work on this thing. And when that time's over, we're done working on this because I got to work on something else after that. Exactly. Like it's not a matter of, I'm not saying I feel yeah. it. I'm not saying I feel it. I'm I saying guess that, that's my point of it is like, I, I I'm fine with all of us saying that we accept a, a level of failure and absolutely everything, but we've been content to say it's enough for today. But I'm wondering like how often you actually walk away, like feeling like it was enough versus saying it was Never. enough. Never. I don't think I would ever, ever on anything be like, oh, it's perfect now. I wrapped it in a bow. Everything's great. I don't think I would ever do that, which is why I think because I don't feel that, those parameters help me to be like, you're good. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, this this works for now. Yeah. I, yeah, this yeah. is exactly why I have a therapist because I feel like <laughs> like we're all acknowledging this, but like I hear that and I hear myself saying these things and I'm like, yo, that is super not healthy to like have this, even the thing I said before about being unstoppable. Like I hear that and I'm like, that is a villain origin story. And, uh, but like, that's truly how I feel. And like, when I say it, I'm like, that's not healthy. Got to work on it. Yeah. It's a, it's a very interesting balance between the two worlds of like improving, but then giving yourself permission to know that what you've done is good enough, you know, like what you said. So I like this conversation a lot. So let's uh, try to wrap it up as best as we can here. I'm going to ask us to 
each think of a piece of advice we would give to the listeners on this topic who may be struggling with imposter syndrome, you know, imperfection, seeing a goal, but being frustrated that they're not there yet, right? What advice would you give to those who uh, need, who could use a different perspective on what it means to be perfect or to not be perfect? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'd say I think the last people to ask for. I was going to say the last seven yeah. minutes have given me a new perspective on whether or not I should be giving anyone advice on this. Because um, I, I would say, like, if you want advice on how to be a little bit more maniacal and crazy about self actualization and self improvement, like, I got loads of it. But in terms of, you know, I, I, I think, kind of to your point of what you just said about the balance, I've been reading a lot more about self compassion and self-acceptance and just generally giving yourself the space to be imperfect. That's again, it's a lot of what I talk to my therapist about are these things. And I wouldn't want to remove my drive to be better than I am now. But at the same time, I think that the advice that I would give, if there's any advice, and this is the advice I give to myself, so take it for what it's worth if you're listening, um, is just to try and be more gentle with yourself. Try to give yourself more space to be imperfect. Realize that realistically, you're not going to achieve perfection in any long lasting way. So give yourself the space to be imperfect, but continue chasing it to whatever degree that it serves you. But once you start seeing it giving you panic attacks, because, you know, you don't feel like you're doing enough or making enough an impact, like you probably have to do some work on the other end of it and give yourself some space. And, and, and like, going back to like the food analogies, like, for instance, like, you know, if you say this this dish is perfect, like I guarantee you, there are going to be people with other palates. Like for instance, people who like maybe consume less salt than you do. So like they might find yours really salty because you generally consume a higher doses of salt. So like the the I I'm, I wasn't pointing that out. No, but it's you. absolutely I true. <laughs> I, I, I just want to like use that as an example. Like so for Jeff's palate in that moment, that dish was absolutely perfect. You know, and but there are definitely people who don't have the same palate, have lived their lives eating different cuisines in different ways that would find that experience not that satisfying. Like, so like one perfect, like we said earlier, is always going to be relative, or I think almost always going to be relative. And then, um, and then two, like, I, I, I think like, as you get older, just try to learn more and more and more about how you operate because everybody operates in a different ways. Some people have a lot of similarities and other people do and try not like understand like just how you work best. And we've talked about that in the past, you know what I mean? And and also like that you're, you know, that you're always gonna be coming things from a bad perspective. And sometimes it's helpful to like find out like what do people actually really think about this thing? You know what I mean? Versus be just assuming that they think this thing. Um, I, I think uh, those are, yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah, I think both of those are well said. And again, for me, I think that the the big thing is making sure that I'm, I am chasing a level of perfectionism, like a healthy level. I am striving to be better all the time, but, you know, recommending that people have some sense of if I achieve this, I will allow myself a little bit of a break, a little, you know, take time coming on the, you know, throw in my coat productivity system here. I think that that's really important. It's like, we're going to take action to a certain point, but then we've got to know when like that's good enough. And now we've got to take a break. So we're ready, you know, to get back into action with something the next time. So I think that that's having those parameters is really, is really critical. All right. Can I throw in one more thing that I just thought too? Um, 
if you are like, there are some things that I perceive myself to be like really bad at um, and really struggle with. I think like if uh, like it's sometimes for me, and I don't know if you guys have those areas in your life, um, it's hard for me to figure out how to wrap my brain around how to how to deal with those things. <clears throat> um, and by that, I kind of mean like how um, if I feel like I'm so much further behind everybody else on this specific area of my life, like how do you kind of reconcile that, you know, especially if it feels like such like a, like almost like a really big zit on your face or something like that, you know what I mean? Where it feels for you, like it's really like obvious to everybody else that you're so bad at this and this is a really big detriment to you. Like, uh, um, this just popped in my mind. So I'm just like kind of, I, cause I, I, do you guys have thoughts on uh, real quick on how, how, like if you have perfectionism problems and you see something that you're really, really, really bad at, like how, how do you cope with that? And and what, what what would you do to address that in particular? Sarah, I can't imagine there being anything like that for you. Uh, uh, oh my gosh, are, every like, day. Yeah. <laughs> no, every day. And I think that's where people, like having peers and people that you trust, you know, this, you all have been this for me. Like there have been so many times where I put something out there to this group and you guys are like, Sarah, your perspective on that's not right. Or you're being too hard on yourself or like, this is great what you've done. And I think having peers and people you trust like truly to give you honest feedback, the same people who can say you have a zit on your face or you have broccoli in your teeth. Like, I think it's those people who are going to be honest with you. But then when they say like, it's good, you're good. The, 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 it, it really holds a lot of weight. So I think having people like you all for me, you know, is really important. Hmm. I, I either generally just ignore it. Um, like if I'm not good at a thing, I, I either, I'm committed to getting better at it or I am completely okay with just letting it go. So if I'm not good at a thing, whatever, if I'm not good at a thing that I want to be good at, then I commit myself to getting better at it. And I ask for advice and I commit myself to doing the work that needs to be done to get there. And I don't beat myself up for not being good at it because I recognize that I am. But as far as, you know, ex external input from people, um, for me, that, that, can be lightly helpful, but generally it, my own assessment is the only thing that generally counts in my mind. I make food all the time, back to the food thing, but I make food all the time that Eric is like, this is really good. And I'm like, I hate it. It's terrible. It's not good. And I don't even care if you like it because it's just not good to me. And that therefore it's not good. So I feel the same way about any other skill in my life. Like you could tell me that I, you know, I'm the best basket weaver possible, but if I don't think that I'm particularly good at it, then I'm just not. And no mm -hmm. amount of external validation is ever going to make me feel better. But if I do the work and I prepare myself and I change what I anchor myself to and what, my, what I anchor my expectations to, I'm going to be better at, at giving myself the space to not be perfect at it. Yeah, That's how I deal with it. Yeah. For me, I appreciate <clears throat> the awareness of the things that I'm not good at. In fact, the more I've become aware of the things I'm not good at, the better I feel about the things that I am good at. <laughs> and and I, I feel like with that, you know, I feel more connected with nature in a sense, because everything in nature has some sort of a strength and a weakness as well. You know, an ant versus an elephant, right? There's good and both on both sides, but the more you accept what you, what you're good with, and those things line up with your values and what you want to contribute in the world, then you've already got what you need, right? The other stuff is just things I don't have to worry about. So for me, it's almost like a relief, the things that I find out I'm not good at. <laughs> um, so I, I really appreciate that. So 
This has been a really, really great conversation. I would say in terms of advice as well to people who are listening is um, usually when we're striving for something, you know, ultimately we're striving for a certain feeling, a feeling within ourselves, a feeling towards other people, a feeling towards the world in general. And um, the more that we can understand how much we are in control of that, I think will help us to find a balance between perfection and, you know, uh, an improvement, if you will, because and I, basically I'm just saying, like, if you can feel right now within yourself a sense of, you know, uh, worthiness and, you know, feeling completion, feeling good enough, that's ultimately what you want. So what can I do to create that feeling every day? You know, and then I, I think from mm. that, you start to kind of have a, a balance and a perspective that allows you to, to navigate, you know, your life in a way that you're not beating yourself up for the things you're not, you're not doing right. You know, because you've already created that feeling within yourself, right, of being good enough and knowing that the world is a great place for you to be in. So this has been a wonderful conversation. Um, I know we're over at 36 minutes. So thank you all for (laughs) joining in and listening with us. This is like a horrible ending. Um, Thank you guys for joining in with us from this episode of the Heroic Council Uh, Definitely find us on all places where podcasts can be found to subscribe and leave us a review as well if you've enjoyed uh, any of the podcasts and information we've put up before. But we'll be back again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yes. Yes. And I'm excited and pumped for this outro that we got coming up. Uh, Brand spanking new. Brand spanking new outro. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Better be good. That's all I got. Hey, thanks for joining us here on another episode of the Heroic Council. You can tune in every Monday at 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time and catch us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, all under the Superhero Institute, or you can just search for Heroic Council using your favorite search engine called Google. Uh, You can also subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform by searching Heroic Council on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and all over the place. Be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. And if you love the show, be sure to share it with someone that you love or even somebody you just like a lot. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.